Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Bob Iger and Disney file a patent to take pictures of your feet. And then he turned around and laid off a bunch of Imagineers. Uh, Also, tree-hugging hippies are suing SeaWorld. We'll tell you more about that. And a little later on, we'll have our review of the newly reimagined Flying Fish at Disney's Boardwalk. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 903 for the week of August 8th, 2016. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. I, you know, this is so many URLs to remember. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Kathy Whirling. Hi, everybody. Corey Martin. Just happy to be here. And back in the production nook, our very own associate producer, Rhino Clavin. Hello. And our lovely and talented producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. And uh, Oliver Green is over in Epcot. He'll be joining us a little later on. But first, we have some things to discuss in housekeeping. Um, First of all, if you're spending any time on any of our social media or the Diz or the boards or uh, you get the... Anywhere. uh, Anywhere. You'll notice that there are these uh, ads showing up uh, to order your Disney World trip planning DVDs. Um, This is something that we were approached with. uh, We're not the only site, but we were approached with uh, last week, I think it was, to start putting these on the site. And Disney's actually paying pretty handsomely for these. So, um, you know, if you really want to help us out, go order one of these DVDs. They're free, the trip planning DVDs, and you help us and you get a lovely DVD in exchange. www.info.com slash dvd.html. HTM. HTM. And uh, we'll have a link to it in the show notes page, but I'm just going to do a blatant plug at the very beginning for those because... Hey, it's good advertising. So, um, so head over there, check that out, help us out. Can I also say too, um, they're free, but there's also an opt out option if you don't want to get solicitations and emails from Disney, which is a really nice op- nice option there. Yeah, but if you're a Disney fan and you travel to Disney World, right. you don't want to do that. Right. And here's why. Yeah. Here's why. Those are the lists they use to target who's going to get special offers. They still do the, a lot of that where they target out for discount codes and things like that. So if you're one of the people that tends not to get those offers and you wonder why you see on the boards, you know, somebody else got an offer and I didn't, why? Those That's definitely one of the lists you want to be on for that because that's what they're going to do. They're going to look at the people who order the vacation planning videos, say this is somebody with an interest, let's see if we can't, especially right now, we're going to talk about this in a little bit in the news <clears throat> No, if you were watching last week, what I said was going to start happening is starting to happen. Um, and so I. That actually has to do with my rapid fire. Right. We're going to see a lot more of that. And again, we'll talk more about it in the news. But this is one of the ways you get on that list. You, get, you know, get yourself on that list. 
One more thing about the DVDs that it's offered only for Walt Disney World and Disneyland. You can order both. You can order either one. Um, so take your pick. Now, I saw it come up for uh, Bellani Cruise Line ABD. No? I, I the two on that link are only World and mm-hmm. World and Land? Okay. But, so yeah, www.info.com slash dvd.htm. And you can order them. They're free. And we get paid. Every time you order one, we get paid. So, there. Um, also, want to remind you of the shows we have uh, coming up this week. Or, well, one of them went up, or two of them went up yesterday. The Dreams Unlimited Travel Show every Monday. Uh, Disunplugged.com. And uh, what was our topic this week? This week we talked about uh, groups, continuing our series on booking group space. We did um, Disney Cruise Line and Adventures by Disney. We bundled those two things together. And then next week we're going to be doing uh, Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. Um, What happens is once we get into other cruise lines... Group space becomes much more um, fun, fun, and also um, beneficial to folks. Yeah. So that's why we kind of broken this shows up this way to show you what you can actually get when you look at other places. Well, I mean, you know, not for nothing, Royal Caribbean actually wants groups. Disney, right. Disney, like actively shuns them. And what's interesting is when, as a travel agent, when you call Royal Caribbean. Anybody who calls Royal Caribbean, you know what the first thing they say is? We recommend the use of a travel agent. Oh, yeah. Well, Royal Caribbean, I think it's uh, like 80% of their business comes from travel agents. So um, that's that's a big part of it. But, yeah, they're very travel agent forward with Royal Caribbean. So I also want to remind people we're still running the Dreams Unlimited Travel Alani Contest. You have until August 15th to get in your responses and your answers to our questions so that you can be part of the drawing to win a trip to Alani. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and look at the August not the August. July. Go back and look at the July shows. <laughs> what month is it? <laughs> I have no idea what month it is. Go back and look at the July shows, and there's all the instructions as well as the questions on those. There programs. are a great many people out there who hope you don't do that. Exactly. Because that just means more entries. Entries. Right, exactly. Entries. There you go. <laughs> all right. Also, every Monday, DizUnplugged.com, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged with host Tom Bell and his team. On this week's show, Nancy and Tom review the Frozen pre-show package. I guess this is for the new Frozen show at California Adventure. There must be a pre-show package. And Mary Jo and Nancy talk about their recent visits to Universal Studios Hollywood. Head over to DizUnplugged.com where you will find that show. You can, of course, uh, also subscribe to them on iTunes. And uh, every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Live, DizUnplugged.com, the Universal edition of the disunplugged with your host craig williams and the craigettes uh oliver and rhino what are you talking about this week craig do you even know no i don't know because rhino is deciding to take vacation i know so yeah kind of ruining everything with that and oliver is going to be at a uh, a media event seeing the brand new disney princess this thursday uh he oh. demanded to go to that right he, he actually did <laughs> yeah he did so he said i'll quit if um, you don't send me so everyone's just kind of abandoned me on thursday um so i don't well you know he doesn't he doesn't ask me to do anything so you well know, it would just want it would, on show. no that's fine really it's okay. it would still only be you and i <laughs> i was drawing my love and support this oh, is gonna no. be his network moment he's gonna be mad as hell and he's gonna lock the doors and windows or and just between two ferns moment <laughs> <laughs> 
So we'll figure that out. All right, so there may not be a universal show this week. Who knows? It's all Rhino's fault. Your guess is as good as ours. Um, and is of this course, really an option? Because no one told me that this was an option. <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I just say that to make him feel good and let people think that I'm a very flexible boss. But actually, if there is no Universal show this week, he'll be beaten. But also, every Friday-ish, Diz Pop with Rhino Clavin and Oliver Green and sometimes other people. Uh, what are you doing this week, Rhino? Um, I'm going to have two episodes. One is going to be the Haunted Mansion Disney Parks comic is over. So I'm going to review that thing as a whole in one episode. And then the other episode, I believe Craig is going to join me. And we're going to be talking about um, the Netflix show Stranger Things that has really kind of taken off and been a throwback to a lot of uh, amazing 80s movies. And people have requested to hear our thoughts on it. And I would love to give my thoughts because it's a great show. Oh, I guess you just gave your thoughts, so we just save people mm. their trouble. It's more, downloading it's more intricate um, than that. <laughs> when do He's I include popsicle sticks together or something? <laughs> when do I get to do a show where I like read a magazine? Anytime you want. <laughs> Anytime you want to be on Diz Pop, we do magazine reads every other week. <laughs> Amazing. Cosmo. <laughs> Those are the quizzes. <laughs> this week's show How do you use your breasts to get a better apartment? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Also, last week we put out a poll. We were discussing the. Ooh, I can't wait. Um, we were discussing the changes or the proposed changes to the refillable mugs, and of course, you know, anything having to do with refillable mugs puts everybody on edge. So uh, they're, te- they, you know, for those who weren't following, then uh, they're testing out refillable mugs with no handles, and so this has caused great controversy in the lives of many. Um, so we asked the question, handles, no handles, or both? We had over 2,000 responses to the, uh, to the poll. And by a mile, by a mile, the number one response was, give me a choice. We, ought, we want both options. And we hashtag that team wishy-washy. <laughs> um, that was 53% of the vote. Wow. Went to uh, offer both options. Um, 28% of you said, keep the mugs the way they are. We dubbed them Team Handle. And 19% of you said, lose the handle. It fits better in my cup holder. And that's Team Handleless. So, yeah, Team Wishy Washy, 53%. So Disney has its answer. They don't have to continue with this test. Just offer both. Yeah. Seriously. And they'll probably sell more of them because you'll have people that'll buy the handle yeah. ones at the resort. Because it's easier to carry around when you're getting breakfast in the morning and stuff like that. And then buy one, take home, that you can fit in your cup holder. So let's see both of them. That's what the people want. They have spoken. So, so. will Disney listen? Do they ever? It sounds like they miss. <laughs> <laughs> will, the, will they listen? <laughs> so, all right. That's all I have for housekeeping. Anybody, anything else? Kevin and I will not be here for how many weeks? A month and a half. Probably, we have comics to read. <laughs> We'd get caught up. I have to do that. This we week. have to talk about the new Kool-Aid flavor. We like. Hey, that got a lot of really good feedback. Pepsi Clear or whatever. You'd be surprised what drives traffic. Um, I was surprised. Apparently, that ectoplasm. To talk about the mugs. So, ectoplasm. Um, Ecto cooler. Ecto cooler. Sorry. <laughs> Is there anything else for housekeeping? Really. Well, I'll say thank you to the people that sent me the ecto cooler in the mail, <laughs> and there was. And then he just got a box of Twinkies and 
That's Cindy, yeah. She she was at the meet. She was very wonderful. Um, and she sent Craig and Oliver and myself and anybody who wanted some some of the Ghostbuster key lime slime and the Stay Puff Marshmallow Twinkies and the Stay Puff the Stay Puff Marshmallow Twinkies were very, very good. That that slime psh- crap was <laughs> I just caught myself was awful that was disgusting um, but yeah. I just realized he's got a turvis I, did, uh, uh, I have, have to tervis. let you know I have gotten emails about turvis mm-hmm. turvis liked a tweet I was <laughs> mentioned in I didn't know turvis existed before last week's show and mm. all of a sudden I didn't even realize I owned one um, this was I bought this in the coke store um not to be confused with the meth store. Um, <laughs> but, no, I love this. I drink out of it all the time. And that's fine when I'm here. When I'm staying at a resort. You should I, have a handle. I want it, yes, because you, usually like, you, you're going to carry it around and you got other stuff with you. Are or we stretching like if, or are we really interested if, in this? If you have a, fa- <laughs> if you have a family, I, I, got a, I got a ton of emails about it um, this week. You know, when you go in to go get coffee for your family or juice for your family. You're carrying four of these mugs, yep. and you can pretty much do that with one hand if it has a handle. You can't do that if it's... And if you look on the side over here at Pete, switch to Pete. Oh, switch to Pete. It's a screw you hydro flask. <laughs> <laughs> I love this mug. Well, I love I, I've Coke actually Zero. heard from Turvis themselves. <gasps> wow. They, they, they. I knew we were going. I there. believe they liked a tweet. I somebody mentioned. Um, somebody. I've been sent pictures of Turvis. I got a. In-depth Scantily clad? Uh-huh. I got an in-depth explanation of how they were made and why they're superior to other double-walled insulated glassware. <laughs> oh, just can't. I don't think I can. I think I need that break now. <laughs> so, all right. We'll, we'll turn it over to Johnny with the news. All right. Very serious news, you know. About time it's more serious than handled mugs? Much more serious than Turvis. <laughs> Disney patents foot recognition technology to track guests. Disney has recently filed a patent for a way to scan guests' shoes and to use the, that data to customize visitors' theme park experiences. This patent is, quote, a system and method using foot recognition to create a customized guest experience, end quote. Disney not, does not have any plans to currently implement the technology. Company spokeswoman Susie Brown said, quote, in our ongoing effort to relentlessly innovate, blah, push, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. relentlessly innovate and push the boundaries of creativity and technology to create immersive experiences and legendary guest service, we file many patents <laughs> annually. Some come to fruition and others do not. The machine would apparently photograph guests' feet as they come into the park. Those photos would be put together and put on a website called... If you're a Disney foot freak, visit me. <laughs> no, I apologize. Those, those photos will be put together with voluntary, voluntarily shared demographic information like name, age, and hometown. The LA Times says, quote, later in the park, another camera aimed at shoe level can identify a person at a ride or eatery based on the earlier foot photo. Judge you. <laughs> so what's the purpose of something like this? According to Dennis Spiegel president of International Theme Park Services in Cincinnati, quote, the advantage of the food, foot camera is that it is a less invasive way to track customers and gather information than taking photographs of faces throughout the park. Yeah, this whole thing about improving guest experience is a load of crap. Um, and so is a, it's also a load of crap that we have no plans to use it. Yeah, you do. 
not showing up in the LA. This is not showing up in the LA Times if there's something other than just a patent filing going on. Just relentless um, patent filing. Relentless <laughs> patent filing. The you know remember when Magic Bands came out, how they said under no circumstances are we going to use the RFID technology to track you. Well, don't you remember they originally you? said it was going to be a retina scan, and everybody kind of went no. Well, I'm just <laughs> specifically that was a big concern people had that they were going to be tracked on the RFID chip that was in a Magic Band. And Disney said, no, we are not going to do that. And they are true to their word. They are not going to do that. Now they're going to take pictures of your damn feet. Is it okay to bring an extra pair of shoes to the park? <laughs> really mess with them? Really yeah. Screw yeah. Well, I think I wear, I, granted, I have big feet, but I wear Reebok sneakers that are readily available right. everywhere yeah. and white tennis socks. I can't believe I'm an anomaly. That there might be more than one pair of the same model of Nike or Reebok tennis shoes in the in the park, and I think. But maybe know, like the customized experience, like if you like, say you walk in and you're wearing sandals, and you go and you buy like a, a Mickey hat or a shirt, and then the cast member says, "Well, would you like a pair of toenail clippers?" <laughs> I think that could be that, that could enhance your vacation. All right, you need a trip to the boutique. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. This this is all part of, you know, the part you guys don't see is the part where all the how this information is used. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this per se, you know, for a company to take the information it has at its disposal to try and make better marketing decisions and make better decisions about what it sells, how it sells it, where it sells it. That's part of doing business. Um, but this, there's something about this other than yeah. just the whole feet thing. There is something about this that just creeps me out. I agree. I think that's sort of like stepping over the line. And you, you, if you take a look, if you go back to that slide that has the, 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 the graphic that was filed with the patent, it looks like someone is like standing in front of a machine for the purpose of this picture to be taken. Because the turnstiles aren't backed up enough as it is. It says robot. So now, after you you navigate the rocket science, apparently, that is holding your magic band up to an orb and putting your finger in something, now you have to stop and get a glamour shot of your shoes. (laughs) Um, So that's not going to impact anything. Because we all know how easy it is for people to go into a theme park and pass through a turnstile. <laughs> Even when you take the turnstiles away, there's still like, it's just too hard, yeah. apparently. Um, so unless they have a way to put magic bands in your shoes and you just walk into the park and you don't have to stop, I don't see how this does anything other than give them marketing information. And at some point, it just gets to be a bit too much. And I think this is, you know, we're going to get to it in one of our other stories, but um, this is part of that tone deafness I was talking about last week. That the image that's being created, that they've had so much success, ridiculous success for so long, that they have literally tuned out what's being said. Because they're in this insulated, it's almost like they're in this soundproof bubble of their mm-hmm. own. And they're not hearing what's what's coming back at them. And they're not going to hear it until the bubble bursts. And I think it may be. 
And is this going to – I question whether this will be attached to your annual pass and whether you then have to wear the same shoes every time you go. <laughs> One of the good things about this is it could um, siphon out those psychos who show up at the park in high heels. <laughs> there would be just a net. No, sorry, no. <laughs> no. I mean, the women who show up in the six-inch stilettos. Right. Who about 4 o'clock you sit on Main Street and you watch them limp? Yeah, really? I can say I'm still not a real big fan of magic bands. But I can see that you get a benefit back from sure. a magic band. I don't see what you get no. from them tracking. There is no benefit to the guest for this whatsoever. This is all for Disney's tracking demographics and marketing. They claim Period. they claim that it's for uh, to help with character meet and greets, uh, send you photos on rides, and um, have extra cast members at a busy attraction and to call marketing data. Yeah, sure. So that's that last okay, thing you explain to me how a picture of my shoes is going to accomplish any of those things other than them just tracking <laughs> mm-hmm. where I, like I go for they're marketing. They're going to send you pictures via email. At what cost? Because <laughs> you I, saw my shoes? The only benefit I could see from this, and I wouldn't want to do it, but I mean, the only benefit I could see was like maybe tracking lost kids. Um, you can almost do that with Magic Bands too, but I think Ferris has a pair in every lake around Disney property <laughs> because he takes them off and throws them in. I mean, he doesn't take his shoes off, but that's it. That's all I can see. I mean, unless they're getting you to take your shoes off and actually walk around barefoot, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how. I, I mean, there's a limited number of shoes in the world, and your children are all. There's lots of children in the park wearing similar shears, shears, shears. Um, I, 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 maybe I just don't understand the technology. It just seems dumb. I just want to have everybody get together and say, on this day, we're all going to wear this kind of shoe. And what's that going to do? Yeah, wear white Nikes. Let's really screw with their system. <laughs> Should have body odor sensors where your magic band lets you know if like, you're going to hop in line with people that really smell. Cause that or or be week. able to look at you and say, you are going to walk four across down the middle of a crowded walkway. So I'm sorry. The answer is no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Our second news story. Imagineers laid off after a dumb idea of taking pictures of people's feet. And using- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's not the right question. <laughs> You're not allowed to make up the news. No, you are not Fox News. news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kevin at. <laughs> really? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Imagineers laid off after opening of Shanghai Disneyland. Staff reductions have taken place this week at Walt Disney Imagineering in a combination of voluntary departures and layoffs. According to the OC Register, voluntary severance packages were offered to senior staffers, those with longer terms of service, or nearing retirement. Read more expensive. Or people who didn't want their feet photographed. Also, as part of an ongoing reorganization, under new company president Bob Weiss, several people at Walt Disney Imagineering have been moved to other areas in the company. Some of these positions are at lower pay levels. The staff had been increased while the company was working on the design and opening of Shanghai Disneyland, but now that the project has been completed... Uh, not as many employees are needed. A Disney spokesman, spokesman said, quote, Walt Disney Imagineering is a project-based organization, and we continually evaluate and adjust our resources to support the design and development of theme parks, resorts, and experiences around the globe. An exact number of reductions was not released, but before the reduction, Walt Disney Imagineering, Walt Disney Imagineering employed more than 2,000 designers and engineers. 
Disney did say, quote, the number of layoffs was a low single digit. Dis- digit You're percentage. having trouble today. Have, He's already on vacation. We are still, <laughs> we didn't get enough sleep from the flight, and we're still catching, getting caught up. So Just in time to get on a plane and go back again. Go to Europe. Um, what I find interesting is something we kind of joked about. You know, okay, so you have a lot of Imagineers because of Shanghai, but we're going to get rid of our older more experienced yeah. imagine yeah. why Again, don't you get rid of the new ones you just hired to bring on for Shanghai I, I feel like my job more and more every week is to translate Disney press releases into English um, this look if this happened in a bubble if this was the only story lately about layoffs or about financial issues I might buy that, okay, we hired all these people for Shanghai. Well, then you would get rid of the people you hired for Shanghai. Right. Um, When you're getting rid of senior people, when you're getting rid of people close to retirement, you're getting rid of the expensive people. That's what you're doing. And you're doing that because money is an issue. Right. The same way you lay off 200 people in management at Walt Disney Travel last month. You don't do that when money's not an issue. The same way they record, they reported in their second quarter that attendance was down at the parks. Parks is a big driver of, of revenue for the company. And the third quarter report is coming out tonight. And the prediction is it's going to be another bad one. It doesn't look like the fourth quarter is shaping up very well either. No, it doesn't. There's more on that later. And then we talk about... We talk about the discounts. We talk about all the, you know, the, you know. I talked about it last week. You know, um, Disney's putting out a lot of, and great. That's great for us. That's great for us. You know, we've got another discount just came out uh, yesterday. I think it was announced that Kevin's going to talk about in a little bit. Um, you know, another rapid fire this week is about Tables in Wonderland and something unprecedented that they're doing with Tables in Wonderland. Um, this is all part of it. So, you know, it's too soon yet for me to, you know, really say definitively, in my opinion, that the bubble has burst. But, um, you know, a recession is uh, a recession is, is gauged by three quarters of negative growth. That's how economists determine whether the country is in a recession. And I think it will be safe to say if we have if, when we hear Disney's third and fourth quarter reports by the end of the year, we will know. If we have two more quarters of negative growth at the theme parks, then it's safe to say that the bubble may have burst. In which case, there's going to have to be a reorganization of how things are done. And a lot of this tone deafness that has been pervasive for the last several years. Because Disney is an organization that does not learn unless they're burned. A lot of things changed when the economy crashed in 2008. A lot of things changed. That was the last time they did mass layoffs, by the way. I'm not calling this mass layoffs. It's not mass layoffs yet, but don't think for a second that couldn't be next. One more, one more bad quarter in theme parks, and you can damn well be absolutely assured that they will start being big layoffs. They will start, they're going to pare back staff before they start taking too much of a hit in their stock. So, but we have other things to talk about, but we are going to come to those two things 
I believe. I just want to say one thing about that. I, I talked about it for just a second. This falls under short-sightedness on Disney's part. I get that the people who have been there longer make more money. They have more benefits. However, with Imagineering, it's those seasoned employees who are the ones who have the legacy of the company, mm-hmm. who know what's been done in the past. Well, let's be honest. The legacy went out the window years yeah. ago. Yeah, um, I think there are still Imagineers who, who have the legacy. No, I'm saying the Imagineers have it, but right. the desire for right. that at senior management doesn't exist. So now you're going to be left with people who have not been there as long, who don't understand it, who don't understand you know what goes into it, and then you wind up with an inferior product. And you're doing this at a time when your biggest competitor, at least here in Orlando, is uh, has been effectively kicking your butt up and down the I-4 corridor and is poised to continue to do that for at least the next few years. Um, and you've got somebody in Universal that's innovating and aggressive, and you're taking some of your best brain trust from the area of the company that creates creates the stuff that makes your theme parks what they are, and you're showing them the door? Tone deaf. Tone deaf and short-sighted. I think short-sighted is a great word for it. Um, But that's why, you know, I've said before, um, Disney has left a loophole in their strategy that Universal is driving a truck through right now. And they keep making that loophole, that, that, that gap, that opportunity, bigger and bigger and bigger with every one of these stories I read. I don't know that this changes until Bob Iger is out and a new guy has to come in and turn things around. Because I'll guarantee you a couple more quarters, like the last one, and what I'm pretty sure is going to be reported in this one, a couple more quarters like that, and Bob's going to be like, oh, hey, you know what? Oh, it's time for me to go. Yep, yep. Let me get out before this whole thing collapses around me, and let's leave it to the next guy. But they got to find the next guy, because the next guy that they had... They said, eh, we may not be too interested in you. We may, not be, may, we may not be that into you. So what does he do? He picks up his marbles and he goes home. I don't blame him for doing that at all. He had every right to. All he wanted was the board to say, yes, you're the successor. But the board wasn't willing to do that. And now they're going to need to find, if this keeps up, they're going to need to find a miracle worker. Because mm-hmm. it's starting to get ugly. It's starting to get concerning. Again, as fans, this works in our works for us because we're going to start seeing discounts and offers that we haven't seen in a while. It's already starting and it's only going to get better. So for the fans, it's great. For the long-term health of this thing that we love, maybe not so much. So, all right, I'll stop. All right, our third and final news story. Judge allows false advertising suit against SeaWorld to move forward. United States District Judge Jeffrey White has denied SeaWorld's request to dismiss a pending false advertising lawsuit against the company. The suit was filed by Mark Anderson and three other plaintiffs who believe SeaWorld was not as focused on conservation and animal welfare as they claimed to be. The plaintiffs will now be allowed to refile a more de- sorry, the plaintiffs will now be allowed to file to refile a more detailed complaint. <coughs> Excuse me. Anderson Hold on a second. I want everyone to pay attention to what John is about to read, okay? Because this absolutely blew me away that this was allowed to go through. But go ahead. Anderson alleges that he purchased tickets and visited SeaWorld San Diego in 2014 based on 
orca lifespan and breeding information provided on the company's website. He now believes that the information on the website was not true and says that he would not have purchased tickets had he known the truth. Another plaintiff purchased a plush Shamu based on what she now believes was misinformation from a SeaWorld trainer regarding the whale's collapsed dorsal fan. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, my God. Are you OMFG? Okay. I, 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 Mommy, I, Daddy, what does F stand for in that? <laughs> Fun. <clears throat> you know, it wasn't enough that these dishonest, despicable people put out that hit piece on SeaWorld. It wasn't enough. So now... Because they're not going to be happy until they put they put SeaWorld out of business. Mm-hmm. And then you have these. This is such BS. And it's obvious BS. And how this made it past a judge blows my mind. I bought a plush based on information. I bought a, a plush Shamu doll based on information that a trainer told me about an orca's dorsal, dorsal fin. And now I've been injured. Oh please, for the love of God! I think it's even. I think the guy who went to SeaWorld because of their conservation efforts <laughs> wants his money back. Let's see, I can go anywhere <clears throat> in the world. It's not because of the rides. It's not because of the show. Or maybe you know, maybe this is what. Maybe the judge is like, oh yeah, you know what? I am going to let this go through because I'm going to enjoy watching these people get made fools <laughs> out of in court. But you know, I I don't know. I you know. I think false advertising would be, listen, you're going to come and you're going to see. No, ride the false advertising, advertising is false advertising is come on this day and the price is 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 sixty nine dollars and you get there and the price is ninety nine. That's false advertising. Or everybody goes home with a whale. <laughs> yeah, really, correct. Plush whale. Everybody on Tuesday gets their own orca. Um, <laughs> like to return my or- orca because the dorsal fin isn't right. <laughs> yes, sir. And yeah, it's, this is just SeaWorld has not commented on the current lawsuit because they're too busy laughing or shaking their heads, going, "What the hell?" Tree hugging hippies. I despise the extreme left as much as I do the extreme right, and this is a ultra left wing hit job. It's just disgusting. It's disgusting. It's a waste. It's a waste. So you okay? You don't agree with SeaWorld. I respect that. You don't agree with the captivity of orcas. I respect that. Don't go. Don't go. Don't give them your money. That's your option. But no, 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 no. The world has to conform to exactly what we believe because we're right and everybody else is wrong. And I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. That thinking is messed up. That thinking is good for you and how you live your life and what your choices are. You have no right to force that on me. None. It drives me insane. 
Drives me absolutely insane. I would like to hear the testimony of the woman who got the misinformation of the trainer about the dorsal fin and what convinced her to buy a plush. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be some conversation. It's in my head. I can't even make the connection. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, I want to sue Disney because I bought a Mickey plush. And then I just realized that, you know, there are no four foot rats in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I've been misled. It's just like, why aren't they like, okay, ma'am, fine. Here's $10. Give us the put like that. Well, because how is this I, a I, lawsuit, you know. I, I think because they probably thought you, you uh, poor thing, is off his meds, emotionally damaged. Well, it doesn't sound to me like she even went and said, "I want my money back for this plush." Right. She went right to filing a lawsuit. I'll guarantee you that's what this happened. reeks right. of Peta. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. No, there's no question. But and hummus. <laughs> that, if that goes without saying. Uh. This is no question that Peta's behind this. There's no question in my mind. That Pete is behind this. So I just, ugh. Yeah. We're returning our baby Dory plush because it's not as cute as the animated. She doesn't really speak well. Well, no, no, no. Don't return it. Sue. Sue, uh, okay. Sue Disney for it. I'll do that. My plush doesn't speak. This doesn't accurately represent what you showed me in the movie. This one doesn't talk. Okay, go to, go to, are we done? That'll do it for the news. Okay. Woof. We need some of your blood pressure medication. (laughs) All right, so before we move on to rapid fire, we have uh, some random British person wandering around Epcot. Spinning around like he's home. Hello. It's Doctor Who. <laughs> he hates that oh, show. I, yeah, I can't stand Doctor Who. No, I think my name for him is better. Fairy Poppins. There you go. I, yeah, yeah. People have been asking to take their photos with me. I should get a T-shirt made up with it on the front, Fairy Poppins. So, let me guess. You're in the UK pavilion at Epcot. What gave it away? I don't know. Those funny phone booths you people use. It's, you know, they've turned a lot of them into Wi-Fi hotspots in England now. But, yeah, we still do have them. They're very traditional. So, I thought I'd come to Epcot because I was feeling a little bit homesick. So, um, yeah. So, what are you doing? (laughs) So far, this is fascinating, Oliver. Oliver, as we discussed, for these segments, don't make me work. Okay? So, what are you doing? (laughs) I am uh, exploring Epcot, actually. I'm actually doing a video on just how England, uh, just how British, sorry, is the English Pavilion. Um, so that is why I'm currently in the, uh, the Epcot Pavilion. Are they sorry, voting to leave Epcot? Here in Epcot? Can we make him do things? You yeah. can, yeah, if you want to. Find um, a stranger and take their plush. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> can you go find the most expensive sword they sell in the store? What was that, sorry? Go find the most expensive sword they sell in a store. I'm on a Game of Thrones kick right now. So. Okay, we'll go in the store. <laughs> oh, <laughs> little late to the party there, aren't you? No, I'm on season five. We're yeah, good. Yeah, but you're binge watched. <laughs> uh, of course. Oh, so there he is. He's, in yeah. a, he's actually in a store. Shopping with Olive. There Abducting children. So, before I get over there, actually, I will show you this. I found this, uh, this nice suit of armor, but it's really small. So I'm assuming it's like for Peter Dinklage or someone. <laughs> we should make it. Go up to a salesperson and ask if they have it in your size. <laughs> Can I get this? Okay. Can I get this in my size? Hey, There's no one free at the minute. Oh, just look at the prices. I was just making you do stuff. <laughs> no, I want them to go ask if they have that 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 suit of uh, that, that coat of arms in us or that that. And can you walk out with the sword? 
And then I want you to buy the sword and I want you to wield it all around Epcot. Run through the streets going, I'm the king of England. I'm the king or of England. Or run through the streets screaming, winter is coming. <laughs> yeah, winter is coming. <laughs> I like this new segment a lot. <laughs> Make Oliver do Way stuff back. in the parks. Oh, no. With it I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm going to ask for you, Pete. I'm going to ask. Oliver waits in line. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know how. Do you have that suit in my size? Hi, I'm really sorry to bother you. I've actually got my boss um, on a call right now. Oliver, we're here. Suit of armor over there. He's wondering if you actually sell them or not. No, I said, is it? Do you have it in my size? Ah. Do you think they'd have it in my size, though, if we were to sell it? Just that. <laughs> Potentially. This might be my new favorite thing. <laughs> They're going to get the same Okay, I'm going to head over there now and we'll find out. Thank you. Sorry to bother you. Oh, oh, I, this gives me so many ideas. <laughs> I don't like this game at all. It's not anymore. Oh, no, you're permanently in theme parks on Tuesdays. Oh, um, no, it'd be so much more fun if you make Rhino do it. You know no. that. Uh, well, we have other plans Well, you know, Steve Porter's, Steve Porter's coming back uh, in oh, September. Yeah. Uh, I've never, I don't think I've announced that on the show. I, I mentioned it at Mega Meet, but I didn't mention it on the show. Um, Steve Porter's coming back in September, so we can make him do this. Oh, poor fun. Steve. You can't do that to Steve. He's too nice. So he would just you. be there, okay. awkward laughing like he does. Doing <laughs> How's it go again? <laughs> wow, he's going to love that. He's going to love that. All right, Oliver, enjoy. The, thanks for being a good sport. Enjoy the rest of your day in Epcot. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and run into a different pavilion now, so I'm getting looks from everyone. So um, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Oh, it's next week we have questions for France. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you quit so often? Yeah, really? <laughs> You'll go make the French surrender. <laughs> okay. um. <laughs> Bye, Oliver. Bye, Oliver. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks. <laughs> If you're French, we're just joking. We love you. Look, we have like three listeners from France, and they're all American expats. So, um, mm. all right, that was fun. I also, the most that. expensive sword is five hundred ninety-five dollars. I looked. I just want to see if you could find it. Um, and we're back. We're just, back. Just what Corey needs swords now <laughs> to answer his yeah, really. <laughs> Exactly. All right, so we are going to move on to rapid fire. We'll throw it over to you, Jenny. All right. I just found out that the Fort Wilderness cabins are for sale. These Can are, you believe this? I know. This yeah. is actually kind of cool. Well, I was all excited I'm about like, it until I read the fine print. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just real quick, they did a rehab of uh, the Fort Wilderness cabins. The cabins. They also um, took some out to make room for new campsites. So apparently the actual Fort Wilderness cabins were have wound up in a place called Nature's Resort in Homosassa, Florida. Uh, this is 90 miles northwest of Walt Disney World. You can buy them for $20,000 each. This is as of August 1st. Fully furnished. There were about 10 left for sale. Yeah. Now, the terms and conditions are you cannot move it. You have to leave it there at their resort on one of their sites. And then there's a site fee of about $5,000 a year. That has to be paid in one lump sum yes. every year. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, their rules are their rules, whatever. And you can't but rent it out, right? That's what bothered me. If you could rent it out, I would have bought one. 
and just put it on the website to rent out to people. But I think it's kind of cool if this is what you're interested in. Oh, and if I'm sorry, if people hear strange noises, it's because for the first time, Rhino's Abby, tap dancing. Yeah, Rhino's <laughs> tap dancing. I'm working um, hard. Uh, Abby, for the first time, is in the studio. What She's right here at my feet, and all of a sudden, she just realized she has a tail. Yeah, oh yeah, she does. Yeah, she loves her tail. Um, so yeah, and I would. I know you want you want to see her. She's seventy pounds. I'm not picking her up. Um, but yeah, she's floating around. This is her first time in the studio for the show. She's being a good girl. She's yeah, so she good. Is. Well, she's finally calmed down. We can do this with her now. But they so. had those and cabins. She just, she just turned two, by the way, July thirty first. No, it's her second birthday. They had those cabins sitting over on Stolport. They did for a long time. We yeah. saw them. One of the things I think is neat about them is they're fully furnished with most of the furniture and other things like appliances and dishes and stuff from when they were at um, Fort Wilderness. So kind of cool if you're looking for that piece of Disney history. I'll tell you, the, the renovated cabins are incredible. We stayed there twice since they, uh, since they renovated them. We just love it. That's our new favorite. Safe favorite it's awesome. Oh, it's incredible. It's awesome. All right. All right. Thanks, John. Captain. Uh, Disney has released a discount for the holidays. Uh, uh, You can save up to 20%. Disney Deluxe Villas are 20% off. Disney Deluxe Resorts are 20% off. Moderate Resorts are 15%. And Value Resorts are 10%. I could read you the list of dates, but it's easier to tell you that Veterans Day weekend, Thanksgiving weekend... And this ends at the 23rd. So the 24th December? of December. Ooh, wow. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are not included. However, it says, for example, when you book a five-night stay at a Disney Deluxe, you save 20%. That is like getting the fifth night free. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, also, book through October 8th to enjoy this offer. But ask about other great rates at select Disney resorts. I'm sorry. Ex- except... At select Disney Deluxe Resorts and Disney Deluxe Villas, hotels for December 24th and 25th. This special offer is valid for Disney Resorts hotels listed below. So they've extended that discount further than we ever thought they would. I will say this. um, Dreams agents have been working to get their clients discounts. And what we're finding is that it's not as good as you think it is. Right. Um, Pricing beforehand was actually pretty good. So in some cases, we're talking about clients saving like $14 on their stay. Um, the other thing is availability is very limited. So it does, There is a caveat. The number of rooms allocated right. for this offer is limited. So it's going to fill up fast. I believe this is strictly marketing is what this is. A way to get Disney out there and get some marketing and get some eyes out there that says, oh, look, there's a discount. And then when you go to do it, it might not be as good as you think, but try it. Well, I'm looking at uh, I've been trying to look to get a cabin like around Halloween. I was trying last year. I'm trying around Christmas this year. Well, right now, I, 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 right now there's a, I'm looking just at middle of October. You can get a cabin. Oh, you can still get a at, yeah. Fort, uh, uh, cabin at Fort Wilderness, two forty nine a night. Oh wow, that's, that's eighty three dollars off retail. Try if you try to actually book it though, see what happens. Right, because I tried the other day for around Halloween, and I know that's a very popular time there. Yeah. But I, I I tried last year for this year, and I couldn't get it. And and the same with like around Christmas too. 
Halloween will definitely fill up a year in advance. Christmas yeah. will fill up a year in advance. If you're mm-hmm. flexible, go before it. But so just be aware of that. That it's not this fantastic discount as good as it sounds, and it's also extremely, extremely limited. But it's out there for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Kathy. Mine is the Disney Fantasy now has a new concierge level um, Polo experience. For it starts on December the third. You can have um, it's for an adults only. You can have a cooking and dining experience. It's limited to eight people. You'll work in the Polo kitchen with guidance from a chef, and then after you prepare your three course Italian meal. You get to sit down with the chef and enjoy your meal. That's cool. And only eight people can do this, and it takes place from 10 to 2. Um, on the Eastern Caribbean, it will be on the day the ship is in Tortola, and on the Western Caribbean, it takes place when the ship is in Grand Cayman. And the cost is uh, $2.79 per person and includes the tips. The experience is limited to eight guests ages 18 and up. Only Disney can get away with making you pay $280 to cook your own food. It's yeah. like fondue yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. come cook your own food and pay 280 bucks for it. Yep. But you know it's going to be popular. Oh, very, very popular. Yeah. I'm sure it's fun. I mean, they, yeah. those cooking experiences are really a lot of fun. So, Awesome. Thank you, Kathy. Okay, changes and updates have been um, announced for Tables in Wonderland. They've uh, they've added four new dining locations uh, to the plan. Uh, Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar at Disney Springs, the Skipper Canteen at the Magic Kingdom, and Nomad Lounge and Tiffin's at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, there's also something... Well, this, this is, is the it. unprecedented yeah, part. It. Um, in addition to the... A new discount has been available for Tables in Wonderland member, members through Labor Day, September 5th. Um, with a valid card and a photo ID, guests can get 20% off merchandise at World of Disney at Disney Springs. The discount is not available uh, for online purchases, and certain items might be excluded. Um, this is a first. Ne- I've never with seen it. All the years I've had, right. I, I've had Tables in Wonderland, never, ever seen them offer that discount. Also, the, the percentage. This is better 20. than annual pass holders. This is. is better than uh, Disney Visa card holders. I mean, twenty percent off is yeah pretty impressive. We get our our money's worth in like a month. With oh, this absolutely! Card. Yeah, tables on Orlando is still worth it for sure. But the fact yeah, that now that they're offering this discount, it's crazy. It's insane. I wonder if they're going to test now a discount merchandise card. I wonder if that's what we're seeing out there is possibly if people are going to be willing to pay a hundred hundred fifty dollars for a future merchandise discount. Hmm. Could be like interesting. They are with food. Could be. Never know. All right. Thanks, Corey. Rhino. Um, mine has to do with the new Mary Poppins movie, and it's that uh, the there's a rumor right now that Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke are joining the cast. Um, that they are going to be signing on for this, which I would hope that they do, even if it's just a small cameo, at the very least, for the new um, Mary Poppins Returns. Film which is coming out December 2018, starring Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins, and then um, Lin Manuel Miranda as her companion Jack, and Hamilton. and then Meryl Streep in an unspecified role. What did you just say to me? <laughs> I said her companion Hamilton. Hamilton, yeah, <laughs> she's a time traveler now too. So, um, but but that's it. Exciting. I always will talk about any Dick Van Dyke related news. So. I'm this excited. is being directed by Rob Marshall and his stuff. He did Into the Woods and he did Chicago. So whether you like those or not, at least they're, they seem to be quality 
productions, I would He did uh, the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie as well, so he's got yeah, a we good... We don't hold that against him. Got a good relationship with Disney, so I'm sure he's under some pressure here <laughs> to deliver. Went to the Woods was a Disney movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Rhino. Greg. Okay. A new animated magic I wrote show, but it's shot, is now available at a Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. So basically they take your on-ride photo uh, that they've been doing now for however long there are years. And now once it shows up in your, uh, your app, your My Disney Experience app, uh, at the end of the day or however long it takes, um, and you're wearing your magic band or you touch your park ticket to the scanners, it will add on a special little movie on top of your picture where mm-hmm. Buzz Lightyear's shooting lasers at Zerg. and mm-hmm. uh, It's similar to what they did at Disneyland with some of their animated pictures, I know. Are you I don't know actually if people out there in, like them. Are you in the movie as part of it or yeah. it just happens yeah, but around you? You're there. It's like that. And then it's the movie's kind of like overlaid on top of your picture. So it's a little awkward because instead of like being a moving a, a moving picture of you, it's, you're frozen. It's uh, you're just like stopped. And then it's all <laughs> happening over <laughs> top of you. Do so. that, that face again. <laughs> so it's his Buzz Lightyear. Uh, it's exciting if you're into that kind of stuff. Go to Buzz How long Lightyear. do you think before they start adding like Snapchat overlays on your face? They do. You they, get your you get your photo. I was going to say they do have Snapchat overlays at Disney. No, but like on your ride photo where you can oh, you, you can, can do an overlay on your face uh. on the ride. Who knows? After the fact. I'll just switch my face up all the time. No, um, have one Mickey your, Mouse. We'll have one with your feet. <laughs> I do have one more rapid fire. It's real quick. Um, if you're in town this weekend, August 11th through August 14th, there is a Give Kids the World um, event. It's the eighth uh, straight year. If you're a uh, reality show fan, go to mm-hmm. CelebrationTownCenter.com. Um, reality stars from Amazing Survivor. Race, Big Brother, and Survivor, they'll be there. Go to the website, check it out um, if you're in town. I, I would love to go. Uh, we, we're big reality show fans, but check it out. Donate Keep Kids the World. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Corey. All right, that'll do it for Rapid Fire. We're going to go a little long today because we do have to talk about, at least a little bit, mm-hmm. our experience at the newly reopened and reimagined Flying Fish. No longer Flying Fish Cafe. No, I don't know anybody ever called it that, but it's now just Flying Fish at the boardwalk. And, uh, you know, when it went down for rehab in February, I was concerned because I'd come to really like the restaurant. Found it consistent, found the food very good. And I'm not a seafood eater, so that was one of the things I enjoyed was that, you know, if uh, I was with somebody who really liked seafood and wanted good seafood, we could go there, and I could. I know that I could get something to eat that was going to be good for me, and that I would enjoy. That's not always the case at seafood restaurants, and uh, so I was worried about it. And then, you know, when we heard that, you know, the uh, the executive chef that had been there for a while was leaving the company, not just the restaurant, but leaving the company, and uh, a young guy that was his sous chef was uh, Tim Majoris. Um, was being promoted into the executive chef position. It was his first time as executive chef. Made me even more nervous. And I can say definitively, for those who want me to cut to the chase, that uh, there was nothing to be nervous about. Uh, not only 
is the flying fish in very good hands. It is better, in my opinion, than it ever was. Uh, this guy just... Because we literally ate everything on the menu. There were six of us. And I think there were eight entrees and six appetizers. And similar number of desserts. So we just ordered everything. And all tried it. Mm-hmm. So we all got a chance to sample everything. Um, and the whole focus of the menu is sustainability. It's all, um, you know, uh, the chef had said that uh, the menu will change frequently based on what's available. That, you know, we're going to, if, if, you know, one type of fish becomes available, that's fresher right now. That's what's going on the menu that night. That's what the wave started out as. <laughs> well, this has been taken, I think this has been taken to even, I, I don't know. I've never had a meal at the Wave that I definitely wouldn't compare this to the Wave. Yeah. Well, that was their um, big thing when they first opened. Everything was going to be sustainable. Yeah, it was they didn't be locally have, grown. They didn't have Chef Tim. Um, this guy, this guy's genius with what Very he good. did with these dishes. Um, one of the things that I walked away with was the sense that nothing that was put on the plate was there for show. It all looked great, mm-hmm. but it all worked together it would nothing there was no fluff um it was all there for a reason every every side every garnish everything when you took it all together created this certain flavor and this certain this just a certain experience whereas if you're just eating them by themselves it was different um and you know almost like every dish was telling a story and it was, it was art. It was art. Not just how it was presented, how it was prepared. Um, but let's talk about, we'll start with the appetizers. And I'm going to start with you, Craig. Um, what stood out to you on the appetizer list? Oh, on the appetizer list? Um, it's it really like, it, it comes down to like picking children. But I think for me, the winner has to go, and I know a lot of us would agree that we're there. It would have to go to the uh, yellowfin tuna yeah. appetizer. I have to go with that, and I hate seafood, and this was absolutely delicious. Yeah, Corey loved it so much, he had it again for dessert. That's how good it was. I, I, Bob thing to do. I enjoy, I enjoy raw fish. I mean, I'm a, I eat sushi twice a week. Um, this, you know, the way they served it over that watermelon... And then the uh, the avocado underneath, it was perfect. It it, it was just incredible. It's extremely fresh, just mm-hmm. perfect mm-hmm. flavors. It, it was, oh, oh my god, it was so good. It was so so good. I agree. Yeah, but the uh, the pork belly. Then was there was also. yes, when, and and Corey tar- uh, coined a new phrase um, uh, after eating the pork belly uh, meat butter because it just melted in your mouth. This was a very close second to the tuna, the ahi tuna. Um, I'm going to put that first, but it's not my turn yet. I'm going to put the meat. I'm going to put the meat butter first. The, I usually have crispy pork belly. The way this was served, so almost served like a steak, and you can just see the fat in there. Oh, I got to admit, when you guys posted this picture, at first I thought it did not look appetizing. But I can see what you're saying. Usually pork belly, it's cooked within an inch of its you, life. You had that huge crisp on top, and then mm-hmm. everything in the middle is very, you know, fatty. Oh, this was... I could put it on a sandwich. And 
Well, he, yeah, he told that to the chef. He's like, I want to come back and have this as a sandwich. Chef's like, sure. It's the Cora, Cora Buddha pork belly. It's a uh, shank croquette, a royal gala apple slaw, a bing cherry gastique, and a shirred quail egg on that for $15. Was that the uh, yellowfin tuna with compressed watermelon, citrus, espalette, uh, black cypress, sea salt, and avocado was $17. So, how about you, Rhino? What was your... Uh... It, it's tough, because it's like what you said. Everything was really, really good, but I also really liked... I liked those two things. I Probably the pork belly just a little bit more than the tuna. The ahi tuna was amazing on top of that. It was just a texture thing for me with the watermelon and avocado. But these shrimps that we had, um, mm. they were just like... It, it's not just shrimp. It was shrimp plated on... I don't, I don't, I'm not even 100% sure what it was on. There was a sauce that had, gave it a little bit of a spice, but... It was just, it was so well breaded. And a lot of time when you get like fried shrimp like that, it, you know, that breading kind of thing. This is, uh, yeah, this is corn corn encrusted wild gulf shrimp with spiced hearts of palm, orange supremes, and a piquant aioli for $16. And it just, it was, it was, it was crispy. It was just the right amount of everything in there. It it was, I thought it was excellent. Excellent. I'd, I'd get it again. Well, I'd get almost everything we got again in a heartbeat. Kathy? Um, I, you know, I like the fact that we shared everything. That was I didn't, fun. I didn't just, like that. I didn't uh, like well, that at all. I hated that. I'm just kidding. But I, <laughs> I, had the ch- <laughs> I had the chance to try some things I would never usually have. Yeah. And I says, everything that was on the plate was very good. And I said, the, the yellowfin tuna, I thought I wasn't a fan of like sushi, but the way that was all presented together. That was delicious. That was amazing, and right? I, and I would, I would have that as an appetizer if I went. Back. I will get that if I go back when mm-hmm. I go back. Yeah, and I um, said the shrimp. I, I mean, I don't think there was any meal, any appetizer that fell down. They were all good. There was uh, the peaches and prosciutto, which I tried. Um, it's not that you know the prosciutto was very good. The peaches were very good. Uh, it just didn't go together for me. Oh, really? It just didn't go together. It didn't create a flavor that appealed to me but i know you know what what was funny by ordering everything and everybody kind of trying everything what one person didn't like someone else did Uh, yeah so i you know i won't say there was anything bad on the table there was nothing that was like wow this you know the the quality of the product was incredibly high and you could tell that with everything that was served that they were doing definitely high quality meats high quality fish high quality fruit vegetables all their produce everything so same with the uh, the mescaline salad, um, very good, very good. But it's a salad, twelve bucks. But I that. would say if you're going with people, because I saw people say, "Well, I'm not really a seafood fan." I would suggest if you're going with a group of people, maybe order a few appetizers and let everybody try it. Mm-hmm. Because I came away with a different opinion on some of this stuff that Agreed. I would never try. And like you said, you thought you didn't like seafood, but. You had a great seafood appetite. That restaurant, that experience made me question that. Made me question, do I really not like seafood? If, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it's not probably not done like that everywhere. People it's, change them. You change your um, app. You know, your, but I, there your was taste. a couple of things. One of the things that really surprised me that I tasted that I never thought I would was part of the uh, Tour of the Coast appetizer, which is one of the signature dishes. Uh, local middle neck clams, rock shrimp, icy blue mussels, Florida coast grouper cheek, grouper cheek, 
and uh, celeraic puree for $18. It was the grouper cheek that I tasted and thought, oh my God, this is incredible. It was fish butter. It just butter. melted in your mouth and was absolutely, and I'm like, oh, it's cheek. It's like the cheek of something, and I'm going to, uh, it's not appetizing to me, and it's fish to boot. But I was willing to try it. I was willing to try it. Um, I also did not care for the blue crab bisque. But that's because I had the blue crab bisque before uh, the sherry was added, the aged sherry. Right. And from those, because, you know, obviously it's not cooked off, so I'm not going to have it. Um, So, but for those who ate it before the sherry and then had it after, said the sherry made all the difference in the world again. All of these things go together for a reason. Um, so, now, Corey, you said uh, the pork belly. I'm going to list my top seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the, uh, for me, it's the pork belly, one, yellowfin tuna, second, and then the, um, the shrimp, and then the bisque in that order. Everything else kind of just, I would eat it, but they kind of fell so, after those. All right, let's talk about um, the main course. Um, on order, we got it all of it. We got all of it. Bison strip loin, free range chicken, uh, Maine lobster Nero pasta, um, Ocean's Bounty sustainable fish, um, plancha seared Hokkaido scallops. Am I saying that right? Um, a wagyu filet mignon and wild Alaskan king salmon. Now, one of the things that you will notice when you look at this menu is it is expensive. Um, you're talking about the cheapest dish being $35, and that's the free-range chicken. Uh, the most expensive one uh, being the... Um, the lobster. The lobster, the main, Nero, uh, the main lobster Nero pasta. That was $59. Uh, the filet mignon is 58 for example. So these are not inexpensive items. However, it's kind of an Adventures by Disney thing. Where you look at the price, go, oh my god, that's ridiculous, and then you have the experience, and you're like, okay, very much worth it. Same thing with this. Trust me, you know, look at the prices, go, wow, this is expensive, but then you'll have it and go, okay, it was absolutely worth Those it. Those prices are online with any signature. I think they're a little bit higher. I would see. I there's put usually Narcusi. I put them with um, what's the steak? Yatsman. Yatsman. But usually you'll find a couple of dishes that are a little bit lower. So if somebody wants to go have the experience in the restaurant but not spend that kind of money, you really don't have that option here. Um, when your free-range chicken is $35, that's that's expensive. And it is on the dining plan, and it's two dining plans. Yeah, th- so this is one of those restaurants mm-hmm. where your dining plan will be a great a great deal mm-hmm. um, because you're really getting great food, and the prices are, prices are up there. And you can valet for free. You get it. You know, that's, you save twenty five bucks there. Yeah. So, well, not on the dining plan. Oh no, no, tables I'm sorry. Tables and one and That's what I'm thinking of. Never mind. Um, so, so Rhino, we'll start with you. Um, Entrees. I think the my favorite thing that I had was the bison. Um, it was just uh, there was again there was like the sauce that was with it, and it, it gave it just the right amount of spice, and the the meat was just perfectly cooked and. 
I, I don't know. It was it, again. It was beautiful to look at. Um, I also really, really enjoyed. Um, there was a salmon dish because I I'm usually that's my like go to fish dish. But I think that, that that was the sustainable fish that night. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, it was served on some kale and then some um, white. Uh, white uh lentil yes i believe yeah. yeah he said that it was a little um i don't the, the fish was cooked great it was all great together but it was it was a big texture thing i i talked to the chef about it where i said i loved how the textures all came together because the kale with the um the lentils and the the fish just had this it just had this experience that like it was flavor and texture and I, I reacted to it really well, and he said, "Well, that that's how it was conceptualized too. Right. Is is you know it was experience. It's like what you said. It's a whole story. So everything is supposed to go together, you know, at the same time. And it and, really does. Yeah, it was. It it's was not just like marketing stuff. No, I mean, it really actually does all go together. Absolutely, every single thing. But th- those were my two like tops. I think it's hard to pick. They were also good too. You know. How about for you, Craig? Um, the bison was out of this world uh it was absolutely phenomenal but um i was torn between that and then the the octopus with uh the 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 face hugger yeah it was just it was such a unique dish i mean you have octopus a lot of places but this was like one complete tentacle yeah that was was just circled around the plate and then it just circled more fishy goodness and a little bit of just a little <laughs> bit of shrimp and other fillers in the middle. And it was a very hearty dish. Um, like this was one that I was glad that we were all sharing it because if I would have ordered it by myself, I would have had a hard time putting it all down. It was very heavy, but just absolutely phenomenal. But the, the bison was still it was one of a kind. It was yeah. very. Good. What surprised me about the bison is anytime I've ever had bison, it's been gamey. Um, it has that game, and I don't know why. Properly it, aged. Properly aged, yeah, m- age, right. marinated or treated, whatever they did, yeah. there was absolutely no game to this bison. It was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. What about you, Kathy? Um, I enjoyed the all the seafood things. The scallops. The scallops were very delicate and cooked perfectly. Um, didn't have a fishy taste to it. They were very good. I enjoyed the octopus. I would have never ordered octopus myself, but the piece, nice size piece that I had, was very good. And the salmon, I mm. thought, was very good. So everything that I tried was just great. And like everybody else has said, everything works together. So you had to make sure you took a little bit of everything yeah. on the plate. Yeah. Corey? Um, I'm a Wagyu fan, um, so that kind of went that, that kind of that went in front of me. Uh, mainly, I wish it was bigger, but I, I say that about any sort of meal I get in front of me. Um, so I, you know, that would be my first choice. But I also enjoyed the bison. Me, particular, I, I like I like to cut my own meat. So when it's served to you, already sliced, it's, I feel like I'm on a cruise ship. I would like to slice it myself and, and do what I do. Um, but then I also, I enjoy the scallops. I know that scallops aren't, you know, you get four. It's not a lot of food and you pay a lot of money for it, but they, it was very tasty. And then the, um, what else did I like? I, I did like the salmon too. Uh, I, liked, I like it more, more medium rare to rare, mm-hmm. but with all the stuff that accompanied it, it was, it was wonderful. You didn't really need to get it cooked to temp. Um, I can keep going, but not. What was the there. other white fish that was on the menu? Oh, chicken, uh, cod. 
No, pork. wasn't it halibut? The other yeah, the halibut. halibut. The halibut was wonderful as well, too. I mean, flying fish, you'd expect good fish. You're going to get good fish. Yeah. Yeah, and he sourced it out from, like, the best places, uh, yeah. apparently. Yeah, so. is for the sustainability to it, it didn't have to necessarily be Florida fresh and local. He flat out told us, if I have to go to the Pacific or Canada or anywhere to get what I need for my menu, that's what I'll do. Yeah. So um, what did you like? For me, um, the Wagyu filet mignon was out of this world. I agree. I would have preferred a larger piece. How many ounces was it? Does it say? I was thinking it was a six, six ounce. Six, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was a smaller piece. Small. Um, but in contrast... I had a Wagyu New York strip the week before at Yachtsman that was $125. And it was like this special grade of Wagyu. And it, I'm not exaggerating. It came with a certificate of authenticity and the stamp of the hoof print of the cow it came from was brought to my table. Pictures of the virgins who massaged it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was delicious. Don't get me wrong. It was very, very good. This blew it out of the water. And this had no you know, certificate of authenticity or hoof print came with it, um, but at half the price. That's a little uh, pretentious. At $58. At $58, I feel like I got a much better steak. And that one was very, very good. I got a because when I had that steak, I said, "Okay, this may very well be the best steak I've ever tasted." Then I had this. I'm like, "Okay, it's been topped." I the just fact think that it, they needed to provide you with a certificate of authenticity <laughs> makes me put everything father, else in I doubt. Swear to God, have like eight varieties of hoof stamps in the back. All right, right. he's a regular. We got to switch it. I up. mean, when I go to Five Guys, there's a sign on the wall that tells me where the potatoes were grown, <laughs> and I think that's a little goofy. Coming with paperwork and a hoof print. <laughs> Right, I've um, never been to so a restaurant the, uh, okay. where they felt the need it was to do that. The yachtsman that did that, not flying fish. Just want to make that clear for everybody. Um, <laughs> I felt that this wagyu at half the price um, <sighs> was a superior piece of steak. Like I said, I would have liked the larger piece. That would be my only complaint. But in terms of flavor, in terms of preparation, just absolutely out of this world. And the chicken, you know, conceivably the most boring item on the menu was very good i felt it could have been spiced a little bit better um it was kind of okay um when taken with everything on the plate again it worked really well this i thought would have benefited from a sauce of some kind sometimes the chicken is the safe dish right it, it's sometimes like you have, have to have that right well, you have the that it's not adventurous enough to eat something else. exactly well, you have the um uh, well, it says Genovese. It was, that was not a pesto. Oh, I think it's a pesto around the side. But there was a, 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 a sauce, a bed of sauce on it. It just wasn't enough. Is um, that thing that goes around the plate? I hate that. That was pesto. I don't care what it was. I hate it. Well, it's presentation. <laughs> we need more cowbell. So, again, you're talking about... Do I get everybody's entrees? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about these entrees ranging from 35 to about $60. So... Um, and then dessert. Um, I don't think we have the full list of desserts here. Do we? Do we have cherries, peaches, and seashells? No. Yes, yes, we did. It was the thing with the uh, the cheesecake, right? That was the thing with the che- cherries. Yeah, cherries. It's right the uh, mascarpone cream with Georgia peaches, cherries, 
Hibiscus meringue. Hibiscus. And rye bourbon caramel. Sounds like an adult that's why film. We didn't, that's why we didn't like that cheesecake. It wasn't cheesecake. What, what did you say? Did you say rye bourbon? Rye bourbon caramel. You know that's rye bourbon, right? I okay. know. I'm just making sure. <laughs> bourbon. Because you are the person who brought us posthumous. Um, <laughs> Other people say it. <laughs> and look what you did. Um, yeah, so the cherries, peaches, and seashells, as Craig just described, that was $10. Uh, chocolate banana Napoleon, which was also $10. Something called the Florida Reef, which was actually oh God, very, amazing. very good. Lemon tart, toasted meringue, a Florida citrus salad, red ruby grapefruit, and a sorbet for $9. Um, uh, panna carpa, which was a strawberry lime consomme, a rhubarb, buttermilk, panna, uh, rhubarb, a buttermilk panna cotta, Basil sugar, uh, $10. I am not a fan of panna cotta at all. I think it's disgusting. This was out of this world. This was so good. This was my favorite. That, that strawberry rhubarb mix thing. Oh, my God. It was so good. And then under the sea, this was a really creative dessert. And we, I think everybody loved this. Um, Valrona, Manjari chocolate, a chocolate coral one. sponge, a uh, pistachio sand, which was a, a running theme through a lot yeah. of these dishes, this pistachio sand. It was really good. Uh, dehydrated milk foam um, and this tasting of three Sorry. sea salts for $12. Um, this was this was so incredibly good. The it chocolate was. was phenomenal in this. Um, so... He said it was like 95 or 98% cocoa yeah, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So if, like, because I took a bite and I was like, woof, this is rich. And he, that's what he told me, the server. So, so uh, favorite dessert? Oh, I know. Oh, easy. The, the reef. The, I like key lime and the filling inside of that dome was just, yeah. it was perfect. I'm right there with you on that yeah. one. The, the Florida reef was my favorite. Yeah. They were all very good. I had oh, no bad were. desserts. No, no. That was my favorite. Kathy? The under the sea, the chocolate one. The chocolate one? Craig? Oh, mine was uh, mine was probably the panna carpa. Although I took the first bite of it, and I instantly said out loud, John would absolutely hate this. It was wobbly, um, wasn't it? It was so it wiggly was wobbly funny, on yeah. the spoon. Y- <sighs> you would have been throwing up, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at it gives me the willies. Well, so, so far good. in this meal, you've mentioned two things that I couldn't even sit at the table. That octopus thing, oh, that gives me the skeeves. Oh, where that is oh. a necklace. And this one had, um, <laughs> one of them had grapefruit on it. So, in total, with my 20% Tables in Wonderland discount... Um, oh, well, we also have to talk about... Um, a cheese plate. Uh, um, well, there was a cheese plate, <laughs> but then there were these cocktails. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I, of course, did not partake of any of the alcoholic variety of cocktails. So, you know, when Craig got his... Uh, the uh, first time in a while that something a, a, a cocktail made me want to take a drink um, was that maple bacon martini you had. Yeah, well, it was a uh, it was a maple bacon Manhattan. Manhattan. So maple peach bacon. Maple peach Ma- bacon. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Sorry, I don't have a photo of it because I only took a video because they did a nice little pour in front of me at the table. But it was a piece of candied bacon and a uh, a peach on the rim, and then the the Manhattan the. The bourbon in it was just, it was perfectly flavored with that little bit of peachiness and maple uh, to it. It was 
phenomenal. It was probably the best so, mixed drink I've had on Disney property. The, the point I want to make is that the same creativity that has gone into this menu has been carried over to the bar. This is what really impressed me, though. Rhino, what was the drink you had with dessert? It was um, – so the the chef brought out – or the the server brought us out the dessert menu, and it had dessert cocktails on there. And one of them was a frozen – I can't remember the name. It had freeze and peanut butter in it. So immediately I said, well, it's a peanut butter drink. Peanut I butter want freeze. It. And various uh, yeah. liqueurs. Yeah. So I – and I love uh, – there was – yeah, because it was um, – there was like a chocolate liqueur, a banana liqueur. Um, Kahlua Bailey's. Kahlua. Oh, you're reading it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Creme de cacao. <laughs> yeah. So a uh, lots of stuff, and I said, "Well, I gotta, I gotta get this." And then you know, I, I, you know, peanut butter drink, peanut butter drink. So Pete's like, "Oh man, that's I really want that." And yeah, so I was like, you know, this is when it sucks to not, you know, not drink. Um, really doesn't. I, I inhale really that love drink, being sober, but um, I was like, Ugh. and I said to the waiter jokingly, "Can you make that for me without alcohol?" He's like, "Absolutely." And they brought me one without alcohol. And I'm going to tell you something. Oh, my God. It was, yeah. it was so really good. good. Delicious. It was so, so good. Um, it's just, it's, I, I just, you know, blown away by the whole experience. It's, you know, it's early. There's, the restaurant just reopened. Um, we have to give them time to mess up. Mess up. <laughs> um, and I don't think the chef will. I, I want to be really clear. I don't think that if anything goes wrong it'll be the chef messing up i think what'll happen is what we've seen happen to countless places at disney property they start off strong they become successful and then they want to soak more money out of it so they lower the quality of the pro- uh, the product and raise the prices and that kills the restaurant we've seen it happen numerous numerous times um i really hope that does not happen here um uh, Craig and I were talking at one point during the meal and we're trying to compare it to other experiences at Disney World. And the only place that we could really come up with to honestly compare it to wasn't at Disney World. It was at Disneyland. It was Napa Rose. Um, it was that same kind of meal you get at Napa Rose. And while this guy is young and definitely has a future in front of him, I think in five years, he's our Andrew Sutton. I think he's our if he can be allowed to keep doing this. This guy knows what he's doing, and everything that came out of his kitchen was superb. If it wasn't to my personal taste, it was certainly to the taste of other people. Not one dish came to that table, and we ordered everything on the menu. Not one dish came to the table that was universally panned. Not one. Among the sex of I just want to point out too that we do have an interview with him on our YouTube channel if they want to check that out. There's also the vlog of our dining experience where you can see us enjoying the meals in person. Uh, we're also doing we were know, also broadcasting live during the meal on yeah. our Disunplugged Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Disunplugged. Um, so yeah, it's um, I'd also say that if you're a solo traveler, you can always go in and just sit at the bar without a reservation. The bar is beautiful there. It, it really mm-hmm. is. I mean, I I did that when we stayed at the boardwalk. Julie and the kids were asleep, and I had to go have a, a late-night snack. And so I went in there, and you just walk in. And I'd rather not sit at a table by myself. I might as well sit at a bar and talk to other people. But you can order the entire menu from the bar. And I will say this, that um, I will, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing by December... This is going to be a tough reservation again. Oh, yeah. Um, the word's going to get out on this place. If it keeps this, especially if it keeps this consistency, it's going to be a very hard reservation to get. And so I would, if you are planning a trip, 
If you're within your window to book ADRs, book it. Book it. You will not regret it. You will not regret it. This is a great, great restaurant. Amazing when you consider the addition of the Abracadab Bar, which is awesome, which is right next door. It's the lounge in between Flying Fish and the Trotteria, which I had an experience at the Trotteria when we were staying at the uh, boardwalk for the Mega Meat, and I thought that was delicious. So some really good eateries on the boardwalk right now, and but this is their crown jewel. This is their crown jewel. And they do have a kid's menu. And you can dress in park attire or you can dress up for this place. It's not – I saw the lady at the desk ask a gentleman to remove his ball cap. But other than that – That's common, though, in the Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't too fancy. You could go in park clothes Absolutely. and Absolutely. One other thing to mention, too, for people who ate there before uh, at the chef's counter, it's no longer there. Now they actually added a whole section of chef's tables. So but that hasn't been that hasn't been released yet. Yeah. I mean, right now, there's just general seating. Eventually, they're going to make that area. Exactly. He said they'll make that the chef's tables. But uh, that has not been released yet. So but absolutely 100 percent go to Flying Fish. So just to let people know with my 20 percent tables in Wonderland discount, um, there were bottles of wine ordered. There were cocktails. We ordered every item on the menu with the 20 percent bill was 750 bucks. Six people, that's really good. That's really good, Well, right? I mean, we had enough food for at least like eight and to nine. With wine ten. and cocktails, yeah. that's really yeah. good. Yeah. So you're figuring, you know, figure on $100 a, $100 a person, um, which, again, for, you know, is expensive. But I, I'll tell you something. For me, I thought it was worth every penny. I thought the quality of it, the artistry that went into it, the flavors, everything – it was an experience. It wasn't going out having a nice meal. This was a culinary experience. The fact that we ordered everything on the menu. Yeah. And we ordered everything on the menu. <laughs> but then like you said, ordered more. Nothing you know? was yeah. un- not one thing was universally disliked. As a matter of fact, not one thing was disliked by more than maybe two people. Um, so I really can't recommend it highly enough. And I really hope you guys get to go over there and check it out and tell us what you think. Cause a couple of places we've got to get to. We just haven't had the time. No, it's too busy jetting around. I know. <laughs> so, all right, that is going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a good week.